0: You're listening to the interview. In-depth retailer interviews with inspirational people. Hosted by Ben Bland, brought to you by the Retail Exchange in association with Retail Focus Magazine and Visual Thinking, inspiring retail performance. Christina Sarasoli, Vice President of Retail Strategy at the National Retail Federation, uh, welcome to the Retail Exchange podcast. What lies ahead for retail in 2018 and beyond?
1: What a big question to start with. (laughs) I think technology is where we're headed. The other thing that we for sure are seeing is that any technology where the consumer is leading the way and starting to sort of take an uptake of their own. So a little bit of artificial intelligence, a whole lot of voice, a little bit of augmented reality. And I think those are the places we're watching the most closely.
0: And so what do you think will be the most uh, prevalent themes that we'll see this coming year?
1: I think you're going to see lots of technology making a better life. So it, you know over the last few years we've said how can tech make me faster how can tech make my life faster how can my t- tech make my life more convenient now we're starting to see a lot of tech around how can tech m- like make my life better qualitatively so yes there's still shopping there's still better experiences in store there's still making uh, decision making in the office better but i think the very front end is about having a better life having a better sleep uh, better communication with your family, and that may mean better interactions with brands, too.
0: I'm glad you you mentioned tech, and I just wonder what your thoughts are on, on whether there's a danger of retailers adopting technology for technology's sake, and where is the line between that and giving the customers what they want and actually what they need from their in-store experience?
1: Totally, and actually, I would say, maybe that's one of the central themes. So brand by brand, a lot of brands are saying, what is most important to us? Especially over the next year, right? So do we start in-house? Do we make that decision-making capability a little bit better? Or are we really gonna start and face externally first and work with the customer? Some brands are a little younger, so the customer's super excited about a more tech-enabled interaction but somebody like a Saks Fifth Avenue really true to their brand, they know that that interpersonal interaction, that high-touch experience is what matters.
0: One of the other guests we spoke to on the Retail Exchange podcast outlined the problem that the middle ground, your typical department stores have a real problem because the high-end has the high-end customers and the loyalty. The budget end, people are polarizing. It's the middle ground where there's the real problem. When conditions a pretty favorable everything told. So, uh, what are they doing wrong, and how do they put that right? Do you think?
1: Well, I mean, talk about favorable conditions, right? In the U.S., you come out of November and December with the highest retail comps we've seen since 2010. So, five point five percent over last year. Like, couldn't, almost couldn't be better. I won't say it couldn't be better, but. Um, yeah, in a, in a retail environment, looks that looks like we have a real momentum and that, that that will continue. You know, there is some struggle in the middle ground. There is no doubt about that. But there are also some winners in that middle ground. And what we're doing is really watching some of those that are starting to stand up
0: above the rest. And what are they doing right that others can learn from?
1: So we look at somebody like a Home Depot, maybe even a Lowe's, uh, Sephora, and you know some some of these are their stories getting so good, I struggle to call them middle ground anymore. But um, uh, I mean, Sephora definitely is is customer first and tech first. They they understand very strongly that uh, makeup is something that you want to experience in person. They're using a ton of augmented reality and customer uh, intelligence, so they're they're doing a great job. And then Home Depot is a little bit the same. You know, they're capitalizing on the idea that uh, people are living up, right? They're upgrading their lives, and they're do, it's a do-it-yourself type of trend going on. Um, really, really good in-store experience, high-touch service there, but also lots of technology-enabled decision-making that is what the customer already expects. So Winners in the middle, for sure.
0: Customer demands are changing. How well, comparatively, do you think retail is responding to those changing demands?
1: Well, I mean... Maybe it's a a naughty word to you, maybe it's not, but uh, we talk a lot about disruption. I mean, there are lots of success stories at every size, right? But we're seeing some disruption in a good way from the smaller players. So somebody like a Warby Parker, a Bonobos, uh, Roxbox, Gwennie B, these smaller players that are coming in and saying, we have a very specific customer challenge we're trying to answer rent their runway, sort of the same. And how do we answer that challenge? They use some tech or a lot of tech, and then they use some other things too. So what I think are great examples are where no matter what industry or what sector of retail, they're looking at that customer first problem and answering that. And then everything else kind of wraps around that.
0: How much of an opportunity do you think... Regeneration, for example, is an opportunity for retail in the sense of you have places like Chicago, like Detroit that, you know, could do with a lot of investment
1: one thing we watch is this um, move from the suburban to the urban and that there are a lot of reasons why people and maybe younger people mostly are gravitating toward a more urban uh, lifestyle now, but that the jobs are also sort of centralizing in those urban centers. So whether it's about uh, local production or it's about... um, the magic of the startup and the innovative business startup moving from just the coasts into these hotter areas like Detroit and Austin, even Chicago are seeing real startup magic uh, happen. So I think that it's uh, maybe a new set of jobs moving into those areas and I think places like Detroit are really taking advantage of potentially a trend that's moving in their benefit in their direction anyway.
0: And where do you think the opportunities are geographically for retailers that are perhaps based outside the U.S. who want to make uh, inroads to opening stores here? Where are the opportunities that they should be looking at?
1: Well, that, that is an interesting question, and I probably don't have a specific answer for you, but this is what I will tell you. Um, there is a lot of talk, whatever news outlet or analytics outlet you watch, about uh, the United States in general being overstored or maybe over square footaged. Um, so uh, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing because the, uh, the really great experiences are sort of finding their home in the right places. And you've got uh, really bullish developers, really bullish real estate uh, companies, and really bullish companies still opening new stores. So what I would say is look for the customer base that is right for your brand and go there first. And those second-tier cities, uh, Cincinnati, Detroit, uh, Austin, uh, Memphis, are are really hot right now.
0: Right here in New York City in Manhattan specifically, I speak to friends who say to me there are so many empty stores, retail's dying. Uh, do you think we're seeing the demise of in-store retail as we know it because the, the unstoppable rise of online?
1: Well, 5.5% comp over November and December it says to me there is just no way. Just no way. We are seeing so many great uh, financial and economic trends and we are seeing so much momentum business by business that we know that that story is just not true. On top of that, um, there is a dynamic going on that I think is hard to see but is truly there. So it used to be that we really talked about online versus in-store and that that maybe there was a push-pull dynamic there. Now what we're seeing is that you've got stores or you've got brands that have had stores for a very long time who are now launching back into pop-up concepts and other types of retail entertainment concepts that almost prove to us that you can't do it digitally alone. So whether you've got legacy brands who are coming back into physical spaces in a whole new way, or whether you've got legacy digital brands like an Everlane that's moving into physical stores, what we're seeing is that the brands that are winning the best and winning the most are in the physical and digital all at the same time.
0: Do you get a sense that people share that optimism? What's the mood that you detect?
1: I think the economic outlook is strong. I think the consumer outlook is strong. The other thing I'll say is that the vendors, the solution providers with the retailers are really unlocking some new uh, ways to delight the customer.
0: What do you think is the next big innovation? Or if you can't pinpoint that specifically, where do you think it will come from?
1: Some of the things I'm most bullish about, and then I'll add on a little bit, are... um, the biometric and um, the augmented reality type of uh, technologies where um, someone can read your physicality and sort of your mood when you walk into a store. So they're looking at uh, the technology, looks at the size of your body and the speed of movement of your body and the posture, and can assess this is a man or a woman, they're about of this age, they seem to be in an upbeat attitude or sort of a downbeat attitude that is a kind of exceptional assessment of a person walking into your store that Yes, if you've got an associate standing right there, maybe they see it, but what if the associate isn't standing right there? So there's some of that kind of thing, or you know, you see this at Sephora already, but there are some technologies that are just about maybe reading the biometrics of the face um, and being able to personalize services or the biometrics of the feet and personalizing services. So you see some of that kind of stuff that I think just takes service and personalization and customization to the next level. So the, I think the customer will really feel those things. Um, And then voice for me is another one, even though for maybe you and I sitting here, it doesn't seem really new. But I think brands are starting to learn about ways to unlock more magic in voice. Right now, you can talk to your refrigerator, you can talk to your TV. um, We'll barely talk to each other, but you'll be able to talk to everything else. So I think that voice is another place I'm really watching.
0: You've hit on a point there, actually, a very important point that since time immemorial in-store retail has been a human to human interaction and what you can never get from a robot or ai is someone looking at you trying on a jacket or a pair of jeans and saying they really suit you or saying do you know they work but i think there's another fit that could make you look even better
1: Absolutely. And by the way, I think we have talked about this a little bit as well. Maybe you're not only going to experience that at a sex. I think that there are m- mid-tier and even, you know, fast fashion brands that are saying there's, there's still a place in the store for people always. And I mean, we talk a lot, it seems a little bit further out even, but we talk a lot about robots and robotics and automation and what will that mean. And the resounding opinion is that People need other people, and that that's not going to go away. So, yes, the tech makes life easier for the sales associate. It makes life easier potentially for the customer, and maybe it makes life easier for delivery, for everybody, but the, the person-to-person is just not going anywhere.
0: And do you think bricks-and-mortar stores make enough of the advantage they have over online? For example, the fact that you can go in and feel the fabric of a sweater, or you can go in and you can try the fit of that shoe and how comfortable is it to take a, a you know a stroll in that just across the store.
1: Yeah. Well and you're not seeing a ton of it. I know just the other day I was in a Nike store with a friend and you know, oh this shoe or that shoe and I said, well geez the treadmill is right over there. Just jump on, right? And I you know how smart of Nike. It's a small investment for a big impact. Um, I think that the interaction there is is what's really important. So no matter what kind of environment you are in, that I think a brand knows how much they want you to engage or not. And if, by the way, if they don't know that, they're really thinking about it hard right now. Many people have been talking about China. China is so interesting because we assess that they sort of lead the customer end of the funnel in terms of use of technology in store.
0: Look at the scale of their mobile payments on smartphone, it dwarfs. I saw a graph and there's a tiny little bar that shows the total (laughs) number of mobile payments in the US and the China bar is massive.
1: Yes, and you know... All things point in the right direction. Karen Katz from Neiman Marcus said they know that 89% of customers check their website before they walk into a store. So from that to Apple stated quoted, and I can't remember what it was, but the mobile payments right now are growing faster than we've ever we ever saw other types of technology upgrowth happen. So I think that we're seeing the indicators there, and still you've got a brand like Neiman Marcus. As much as they know that 89% of customers are on their website before they walk into a store, those Neiman Marcus stores are beautiful. They're great places to be and the service is high touch. So, again, we come back to brands really knowing what is that customer behavior offline versus online and what is the best mix for each brand. And that is, you know, we see a lot of people looking for solutions to say, am I am I hitting that right mix for me versus another brand?
0: Christina, something we've been asking all our guests on the Retail Exchange podcast is to pick one thing about the year ahead in retail that really excites you and one thing that worries you that might keep you awake a little bit.
1: Ooh, I don't want to think about that one. (laughs) for sure, the thing that excites me is the customer leading the trend of technology. And I'm sure not everyone feels this way, but I think technology is the spice of life. Like, I think that technology all will always make our lives better. And I think it's, you look back through history and you can point to times that um, the leaps forward are just really, really exciting and important uh, for people. As individuals, and as retailers, we love people, right? We started out saying well, we want to delight people. So for me, I'm always watching the customer and the consumer, and saying where are they going, and and how do we uh, make life a great experience for them? Um, keeping me awake, I think we think a lot about how to get the right people in a room together, whether on the phone or in really, really big groups, 37,000 of us or smaller groups. and make sure that the right people are having the right conversations because I don't think we want to see anybody struggle. We don't want to see people struggle to have a great business. We don't want to see them struggle to delight the customer. And what we know for sure is that coming together in groups is one of the most important things that happens in uh, for these retailers and for the vendors too. So making sure to hook up the right people with the right other people I think is probably where I'll be spending a lot of brain time.
0: Okay, uh, Christina Sarasoli, the uh, Vice President of Retail Strategy at the National Retail Federation. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Retail Exchange podcast. Subscribe online at the retailexchange.co.uk and join the debate on Twitter. Hashtag retailexchange. This episode is brought to you by retail transformation agency Visual Thinking in association with Retail Focus magazine. Thanks for listening.